Welcome to Footy on the Med, a roving podcast exploring football clubs and culture here on the Mediterranean. My name's Alex Wade and I live in Monton, France, just like my co-host. And here he is. Hello and welcome. I'm John O'Hare, like Alex, a Monton resident. Together we watch football here on the Med, bringing you the action from famous clubs like Marseille, Barcelona, Ajax, Athens and Sampdoria. Names to conjure with. And there are others too, like Hamadona, Piers the goalkeeper, and neither last nor least, Steve the Atletico Medico. That's right. Footy on the Med airs every fortnight on a Wednesday, come rain or shine. And don't forget our regular sidekick, Young Trafford. Allez. Andiamo. John, here we are. Um, I'm in England. It's very, very cold here. Absolutely freezing. Um, But you are on the Mediterranean, which is where someone co-hosting a football podcast called Footy on the Med should be. Um, And my apologies for not being there. Uh, with you but um, accepted you can you can tell me uh well how are you first of all i'm very well thank you and how are you how's the weather it's uh, feels like about minus 20 uh, having got used to life on the riviera um yeah very very cold um but um yeah you're looking well and uh, thank happy, you, new year. happy new year uh, yeah happy new year to all our listeners um all seven and... of them <laughs> oh, come on it went up to eight over christmas <laughs> <laughs> um have you got Alex O'Hare to listen to it? I sure. did indeed. He did. Hey, Alex. I, I know this because he liked something we did on Instagram. Oh, nice. So I inferred from that that he must have listened to a podcast. He's a young um, lad too, so we're getting the youth involved now, Alex. That's great. Absolutely. Um, well, look, John, you know, there you are in your uh, resplendent on the med. Um, tell me what's going on in France. Well, there's quite a lot going on here, of course, as always. It's the transfer window and the big news for Liverpool fans, but it's not really big news because it's not going to happen, is uh, Kylian Mbappé is potentially on the move from PSG, unless things have changed in the last 15 minutes because it seems to go one way, then the next. And the two front runners, if depending which news outlet you go for, are Real Madrid and Liverpool. Now, of course, Kylian's contract has run out. And so he's on a bit of a free transfer. So his signing bonus, I think, is about 30-odd million euro. And Liverpool have said, yeah, we'll have a bit of that. But uh, all eyes are looking towards Real Madrid. Of course, they've got uh, Jude Bellingham there, and it is Real Madrid. So, uh, What's your I, feeling? Obviously, as a, as a Liverpool fan, you'd love it if he turned up uh, at Anfield, wouldn't you? But I, I, I would. he's going to go to Real. I think I think he would go to Real, but I would love it there because I have already thought of his song, and this will really delight people because everyone loves my singing, and it goes something like this: Killian Mbappe, your defence he will unravel. Killian Mbappe scoring goals left and right. You can imagine that on the cop, can't you? Maybe in tune. Um, not really. <laughs> no. All right. But um. No, very, uh, very, very good actually. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks. I know you that actually sing. took me five minutes to uh, to get that together. Just so you know, uh, that was a long one. I like the way it progressed from simply his name because I was worried it was just going to be his name and that was <laughs> it. But <laughs> a bit like the uh, Pisa Bari game where uh, the the singing seemed to be variations of Pisa, 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 variations of and Bari. Yeah. yeah. So there's but, that. Um, okay. That's yeah, interesting. Topic number one. Topic number two, which we write up your alley, Mr. Wade. Now, this is tapping in not into your boxing career, your poker career, not into your podcast career, not into your writing career. This is going straight to your legal beagle head. So here we go. Kareem Benzema on Tuesday, yesterday, 
filed a complaint for defamation against the French interior minister, and I apologize ahead of time to our French listeners, Gérald Demain, who last year said the former Real Madrid star had notorious links with the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, um, this bit, this bit made me chuckle internally. It says on the report that I was reading uh, in French, I'll translate it for you, Alex. It said, Darmain, a tough-talking right-winger with designs on the French presidency. It took me about three minutes to realise that meant right-wing of politics and not playing on the right wing. I thought, okay. well, this fellow was a footballer as well. <laughs> anyway, so Benzema's complaint is that he says the remarks undermine the player's honour and reputation. I put this to you, uh, CEO, owner of Reviewed and Cleared, lawyer, Mr. Alex Wade, uh, Sir Alex Wade. Uh, you're right, Honourable Alex Wade, whatever you are. What's your title? What's your full title? Uh, just just my name, John. Okay. You can sing it if you want. Okay. Alex Wade is the man who does the lawing. All right, so um, is is that defamation in, in your saying he has notorious links with the Muslim Brotherhood? Is that I would say that, well... Um, Without getting into the uh, nitty gritty of it, but yeah, no, that sounds like it. Is that a legal technical what, term? It depends what one would define um, the Muslim Brotherhood as being. That's true. Um, but you'd have to qualify that, wouldn't he? Um, well, the, there is the thing about libel law, John, is this thing, thing called repetition of a libel, which uh, people try not to do. Um, right. So, so let's just say at this juncture that um, I don't oh, think I there's see. any this allegation at all and uh, all right so i should in. repeat the libel i'm reporting on it though you know if i'm reporting no, you on, are you are it's reporting okay on the to, wall to i have nothing to do with the wall i'm just reporting on the wall all yeah right. well we'll leave that well let's there. uh let's watch that space anyway on that all one. right I, I i understand what you're trying to tell me not so subtly okay so um moving on then to france i'll do a quick roundup of some of our favorite teams here on the med monaco lost recently to Rheims. 3-1, which isn't very good. And they're now fourth, 10 points behind leaders PSG. Um, Monaco have had two losses in their last five games. Uh, nice also lost in their last outing, 2-0 away to Rennes. So that was Rheims and Rennes. And Nice are in second, which made their loss tally three in the last five. So Nice would have been right up there had they not faulted quite yeah. so heavily. And Marseille, uh, someone we always keep an eye on and potentially maybe going to see, they're down in seventh at the moment, which sounds awful for them. But their form is three wins and two draws in the last five. So they're sort of on the up. They must have been quite low down just before Christmas. So there you go. There's my quick down and dirty French league. Right. They're having a bit of a shocker, Marseille, aren't they? Um mm -hmm. Not their usual uh, strong showing this season. What about any um, of the Italian sides, those who we like to pop over the, the border and see? I, I have not looked at any of the Italian stuff, to be honest with you. I did see a report about a Genoa plane perhaps being uh, taken by... Uh, there's quite a lot of interest, actually, for a particular Genoa player, but I didn't find out who it was. Have you noticed any results or things from Italy? I have to say the cold has stopped me doing any, any serious oh. research. Mind at all, right? Uh, although I can tell you that um, I was listening to the radio yesterday and was very struck by uh, the AFCON tournament at the moment, and um, the way that the commentators are waxing lyrical about a Mets player, uh, League R club Mets, um, not on the Med, of course, but Lamine Kamara, a midfielder who plays for Senegal, is apparently absolutely amazing, uh, and a 20 year old lad and someone to look out for. Well, there you go. So, uh, anything going on in England? What's the football news over there? 
Well, you'll be pleased, John. I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on it. I mean, Liverpool looking very, very good this season, aren't they? I mean, 45 points, two clear of City. Um, I'd like them to win, you know, for you, John, for you. Oh, I'd like thank Liverpool you, Alex. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it won fierce City, though, particularly with De Bruyne back, who um, played very well on the weekend, scored a beautiful goal, nutmeg pass into the bottom corner, and then set up um, Oscar Bob to come in with some very neat footwork and footwork and uh, and score too. So um, City looking dangerously good. Villa on the same points as um, as City. I mean, everybody keeps no one really talks about Villa, but they're third um, with forty three points two behind your team um, and team. looking very good. Uh, our team, yes, yeah. and um, Arsenal, of course, seem to have bottled it again. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I saw a picture over Christmas actually with someone I know really well wearing a Liverpool shirt. Now, I, I mean, you know, it's Christmas time, things happen. I can't remember if I've had too much to drink on that day, but do you, do you have any idea who I was thinking of there? You're, you're absolutely right, John. I was given a Liverpool away shirt right. for Christmas, quite what? why. And well, who thought that was an appropriate present? And it wasn't you. It wasn't me. And it was an away shirt because you're not from Liverpool. But um, yeah, and also you don't look good in red. But whoever gave it obviously put a lot of thought and effort in um, and got you a perfect Christmas gift. And it was a delight to see. Now, I do hope at some point in the future I won't be given a QPR shirt. Um, but if so, I will wear it in good spirits. <laughs> it actually fits very well, I have to say. It was from... Uh... Young Nick Wilson, uh, an Australian sort of cousin, cousin, cousin removed of Caroline's, who was staying with us, who actually does a bit of photography with the Liverpool football team. And um, and uh, he had, um, I think he had a stash of away shirts, but he thought, oh, Alex Berger, I haven't met. Yeah, he's a, he likes his football. There so I'll go. give him a Liverpool shirt. Excellent. Yeah, uh, Excellent. It's, it's beautifully. Yeah. Um, less positively, John, less positively, um, my team, QPR, I mean, things are desperate. We're second from bottom of the championship. The new manager bounce uh, has stopped bouncing now. We're just plateauing into defeat after defeat. Is that, detective, is that detective Detective Sifuentes who uh, has let you down? Detective Sifuentes, yeah, from Hawaii Five O. I don't know where he's from. I'm going to find out. Sifuentes, I know someone out there will remember. I think it was a uh, it was an American TV cop show. I'm sure Sifuentes. Yeah, yeah, Magnum Colombo. No, 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 not Hill Street Blues not either. Not Hill Street Blues, but something like that. Something up there somewhere, anyway. Yeah. Well, Detective Marty's got his work uh, cut out to um, to find the source of where we're going wrong. Although, actually, he hasn't got his work cut out because we can't score goals. It's quite simple, really. Um, but, yeah, I'm worried about QPR, John. Very worried at the moment. We're um, with that classic team with players like Chris Willock and Elias Chair. You know, you'd say, you look at them play football. It's nice. It's on the deck under Dave Sexton. Um you know, and you'd say they're far too good to go down to League One. But at this rate, we are going to go down to League One. Well, that's not good news. And uh, for those wondering, it was Jim Jimmy Smith who played Detective. I've said all this now as I'm Googling and it won't come up. But uh, it must be MYPD Blue, I think. Anyway, there you go. So, so there really was a Detective Sifuente? I, I think so. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Hold on then. Hold on, listeners. Well, listeners. actually, talking of relegation, while you do some uh, instantaneous yeah. research, um, you know, Everton and Notts Forest um, in trouble and possible points deductions. Oh, yes. Well, just to finish on Sifuentes, then I'll come back. He was Victor Sifuentes on the uh, 1980s to 1990s legal drama, Alex. So he played an attorney and it was L.A. Law. 
Um, oh, good old L.A. Law. Fantastic. What a memory you've got there, John. Yeah, well, amazing. My, uh, yeah, and he was you on... Know, that's my... the first thing you've remembered. I've been all the time I've known you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I didn't even remember it. Um, so, L.A. Law. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of law and uh, legal matters, yes, deductions, if the Premier League is legal. Uh, yeah, uh, poor old Everton and Nottingham Forest seem to be in trouble again. They do, um, yeah. Um, crimes that I was hearing about on Radio 5 Live the other night as I drove back from a meeting. And um, Everton, of course, have already had a significant points deduction, which seemed to galvanise them. Yep. But interesting responses from the two clubs, because um, Forrest immediately released a statement saying, uh, we really want to cooperate with the FA about this, We really uh, with the Premier League authorities about this, we really want to sort it out. And um, yes, of course, we, we welcome this dialogue and discussion. Everton didn't release a similar kind of statement uh, because, of course, the sanction for them, if they were to get more points yet again, I mean, they'd have a real uphill struggle in uh, surviving in the Premier League this season, I think. Yeah, I think, they... as I understand it, if there is going to be a points deduction, it would apply to this season. Oh, wow. And they're only one, one point above the drop despite their bounce. I mean, they have lost three of the last five. They drew their last game. Uh, yeah, so oh, I hope hope not. Now, you know, I've got a soft spot, as you know, for Everton, even though uh, as a Liverpool fan, they're meant to be, you know, our, our tribals or along with Man United. But my father's an Evertonian, as is one of my nephews. So, um, and some good friends of mine, of course, are Evertonians. So, oh, come on, Everton. Hopefully they don't get done. Well, well, uh, yeah, well, uh, as I'm sure you you haven't forgotten, um, I really should have been an Everton fan. That's right. great grandfather laid the foundation stone at Goodison That's Park and is amazing. Uh, he's commemorated in the club museum. Yeah. So, um, but was he from the area or was he just some Londoner who came up and said, you know, I'm going to lay down a stone and just, you know, then go back down to London? What? No, 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 no. There is Scouse ancestry in my family. Ah, he was from I'd Liverpool. Be. That's why we get on. That's what it is. Yeah, must be, must be. Must be, must be. Yeah. Um, so, what yeah, about City? Let's hope they survive. What about City? They've got 60 million charges against them, and that's a technical number. Um, grave offences. I don't know what the hell they've done. And they've got a date. Has the date been set or is it about to be set for their court appearance? I, I'm not sure, actually. I, I, I don't know about City, John. I, I confess. There was a, a man who's important man from the Premier League came out and said... Um, it's a bit different with City because of the nature of the offences and the sheer volume of them. Um, and rest assured, everyone in football world, we are going to deal with them and they do have a date set, um, but it's a different kind of venue. So I don't know, do, are they going to a real court with their issues or how's that work? But you said you don't know. I, so I don't know why I'm asking. No, <laughs> I, it must be an um, um, FAPL <clears throat> internal regulatory matter, mustn't it? Yeah, you would think. Well, any, well, anything else we know little about that we can rattle on on? <laughs> yes, knowing a little about um, that we can rattle on about. Um, well, there's um, a former City player, of course, Joey Barton. He's been in the news a lot lately. Former QPR player as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, we don't mention that, John. Oh, right. Uh, right. Well, I he's, don't. A, he's a Liverpool man as well. Well, not Liverpool player, but he's from the area, he's from Heighton. Yeah, I mean, before we talk about Joey, um, to be fair to him... Um, you know, I remember being down at the Stade de Velodrome at Marseille, uh, and you'll remember this, with uh, talking next to, uh, sitting next to Eric, the estate agent from the VAR, who, um, when wine. I turned to so what did you think about, yeah, the guy, the guy who was overpowering in, in many ways, but particularly uh, fume-wise. Um, yeah, and I said, um, what did you think of Joey Barton? Because QPR loaned him to Marseille. 
And he said he was a warrior. We loved him. Um, Are you sure and, it's you know, warrior? Something. He said with a W. W ends in R. <laughs> warrior is that what you heard? Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I did. I did. Yes. Um, so you know, he the Marseille fans liked him. Um, I've got to say, as a QPR fan, I was wholly indifferent, verging to couldn't believe that we'd signed him. Uh, every now and then, he had a good game. I've got to be got to be fair. Um, but he was never more than a sort of average championship stroke, lower Premier League type player uh, for us. Um, now, he played for Newcastle, played for City. After Marseille, he went to Burnley. He was at Rangers for a very brief stint and he ended his career at Burnley. And a lot of those fans and those clubs might say that he was a, a very capable, very good player. Um, so being fair to Joey. Um, and of course, did he, did he get one cap for England? I think he might have done, mightn't he? Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know he, that. He, he, he was capped once for England. Yeah, he is in the news, John. And has this passed you by completely? No, I, I I saw some things. I'm not on Twitter X, so I missed I miss a lot of it. And I know it's a Twitter uh, firestorm that he started. That I think it's gone even you know it's gone quite big. But you'll fill fill me in, just like all the other listeners who who don't quite know what's going on. So Joey Barton, ex City QPR hero footballer. Twitter. I do know he's got. I read something that said he's got a massive Twitter following. Over two million people follow. Hang on, his every word. And also, the BBC referred to him at one point as the philosopher footballer or something. So he, he's had some credentials as a thinking man's ex-footballer, which is surprising well, to me. But go on. Well, yeah. Now he did have a, a phase um, about was it six, seven, eight years ago of. Um reinventing himself uh, because of course Joey Barton's had a very um checkered career uh it's been peppered by criminal assaults charges that have been brought um convictions um charges that have not been brought um but you know uh, turmoil here there and everywhere and a lot of violent behavior you know you can't get away with it um you know he's had suspended sentences um there was the cigar in someone's eye incident um you know, six months imprisonment for common assault in a fray. Um, that was following an assault in a Liverpool city centre. You know, this is a guy who has had um, a lot of punch-ups in his life, who takes a uh, no-compromise view to dispute resolution. Right. And seems to find a dispute um, everywhere he goes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, colourful career, chequered career. Um, and lately, his managerial career seems to have ended. I think he was last in charge of Bristol Rovers. Um, uh, that that contract ended uh, last year. And now I believe Joey Barton is intent on um, uh, becoming a sort of uh, a talking head with a vast tw Twitter following and presumably adverts or whatever, and monetizing his name and his celebrity. Um, but yeah, going back to the philosoph philosophers, about seven years or so ago, he had this stint of um, being a man who read uh, Friedrich Nietzsche and um, other philosophers and uh, was the thinking man's footballer. Um, I was never totally convinced that that's what he was, John, to be honest with you. And um, lately, he appears to have ditched the, um, the philosophy in favour of misogyny uh, oh. because he's decided to go on a, a rampage against female football pundits uh, and he started with um, Lucy Ward and Enia Luko um, two pundits for ITV and compared them with the uh, to the to Fred and Rose West who were serial killers said they were the uh, the Fred and Rose West I think of football commentary um, he basically believed it seems to me that he that um, 
Female football pundits have no place commentating on the men's game. Uh, they can't kick the ball properly. I think he also said that if he took 100 penalties against the England goalkeeper, women's goalkeeper, he'd score 100 times. Um, and he's very angry about this. Now, there's been a massive uh, storm about this. It all began around about last November, but over the Christmas period, he really went for the jugular with the Fred and Rose West comparison, which again, as I understand it, Ward and Aluko are looking at taking legal action about because is it defamatory to compare them to Fred and Rose West? Uh, probably is, I'd say. Yeah, um, I was like... Aluko herself, who played 102 times for England, has um, had to flee the country, she says, because of the barrage of racist and sexist abuse that's followed from um, idiots, I might say, who support Joey Barton. So, um, and he has, uh, he's doubled down on that one too and just says that she's playing the victim card and uh, no sympathy whatsoever. So for every um, stir of the pot, uh, the controversial stir of the pot that he makes and engages with at the moment, he then goes and does a yet worse one, depending on your perspective, of course. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of outrage about good old Joey at the moment, John, in, in the UK. Uh, so, Alex, and with all this information, what have you done? Um, have you done anything to uh, plant your flag or line in the sand regarding this issue? Yeah, well, as you know, John, I believe in flags and lines in sand. And um, I've done the only thing that I felt I was qualified to do. And that was to revisit um, Samuel Taylor Coleridge, one of the great romantic poets, oh, oh, and his yeah, famous yeah, well, poem... Yeah. Yeah, the, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, which I'm sure you probably can recite by heart. I, I can, and, but um, surprisingly, it doesn't rhyme. Oh, dear. Well, I think it does, you know. I think you'll find it, it does. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, the the only only obvious thing to do in response to Joey and all his madness would, was to co-opt good old uh, Coolridge and his wonderful poem and write a poem called The Rhyme of the Ancient Footballer. It is an ancient footballer but he shouts at all he sees. By thy short brown cigar and psychotic eye, why are you screaming at me? ITV's doors are open wide, and my team wants to win. The telly's on, the ref is ready, you can hear the merry din. He holds him with his thuggish hand. There was a game, quoth he. Hold off, unhand me, Nietzschean loon. Sharpish his hand dropped he. He holds him with his savage eye, the football fan idles still and listens like a weary adult very much against his will. The pitch was cleared, the men cheered, but out of the sea came she. She shone bright, and on the right the sad old men did see. The football fan he bared his breast, it was but an idea, but still spoke on that demented man, the ancient footballer. And now the woke blast came, and we were tyrannous and strong. We struck the woman with manly strength and chased her south along with straining thighs and manly muscles and forward bent our heads. The woman drove fast, cant roared the blast, but ITV would I, she fled. And now there came VAR and woe, and only men knew the score. But no pleasing shapes of men we saw. The women were more and more. The women were here. The women were there. The women were all around. They cracked and growled and roared and howled. Like notes from underground. At length did cross a pundit. Through the fog he came. 
As if he had been a football association soul, we hailed him in God's name. The pundit, he said, Men are best, for they can kick balls from on high. But alas, there is a threat, the false truth of the female sex. We oldies held him far and wide. His is the word, we cried. And a cold north wind sprung up behind. The pundit did follow. At every game his words of wisdom, better than the women so shallow. We oh, loved that man, and others like him, from Tate to Brand, and Tommy with a T. Men, such men, the likes you never did see. Seneca save thee, ancient footballer, from the demons, praise be. Why lookest thou so? With my insta I emptied ITV, and I had done a hellish thing, and it would bring me woe. For I have heard, when it came to birds, I'd stooped much too low. You see, Gary Neville is good, Gary Lineker too, all Gary's great, all Gary's small, they're men, one and all. In picking a fight with ITV, over its women, on the telly, I wanted to strike a blow for manhood, and kicking balls and being hard, the things that define me. But now, as I pass from land to land, I wish I had power of speech, because then I'd be coherent, and this my lesson I would teach. It's a manly world of mannish muscle, and women can't kick balls. No, not properly. Keep your head down if you don't agree, lest you get emptied, like my brain, my Insta, and me. Well, that wraps up another episode of Footy on the Med. Another great outing here on the Mediterranean. We'll be back soon. Arrivederci. Adianto. Adianto.